episode 164 of the Stand-Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by star of the Disney Sus original program, Pokey, where he plays the villainous He Who Remains Hard as a Rock, the phenomenal A.J. Singh. Oh, man. Disney ever found out about this. (laughs) (laughs) We're getting sued. Um, So, yeah, AJ, today we'll be doing a deep dive review of the season two premiere of Loki. And uh, I got to say, off the top, I I really enjoyed this episode. I'm excited to get into it. But I got to say, I kind of wish I would have rewatched season one before going into season two. Uh, Mm -hmm. I mean, they do give you a little bit of a recap before this episode starts, which is helpful. Um, But as it was going along, I'm like, oh, yeah, I I vaguely remember what they're talking about here. But I wish I remembered better. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, Yeah, I kind of felt that way, too. But I was happy that they gave us the recap. And I figured they probably showed us everything we needed to, like, really focus on the recap. So I went with it. Yeah, same, same. That's one problem about consuming so many stories, uh, especially when it takes, like, a year or two to get, like, the next chapter Mm-hmm. Is it's like where did we leave off exactly? <laughs> but uh, when did, but no, when I, did season one come out? Has it been two years? God, I was trying to think. I think it has to have been two years at Man. least. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah, it's been it's been a bit. Um, uh, any top level thoughts before we get into details? I just enjoyed the episode a lot, and uh, I like that it picks up like you know pretty much right where you expected to. Yeah, basically right where the uh, last season, you know, cliffhanged, it got right in there. Yeah. All right, AJ, so let's get into it. Uh, so episode one is entitled Ouroboros, which is, of course, the uh, the snake eating its own tail, which uh, mm-hmm. is pretty apt for this episode, I, I think. Right, yeah. Um, so we open with um, Loki uh, kind of, well, I guess seemingly in a new uh timeline uh you know the one that was created at the end of the last season with uh you know the kang statues and everything Mm -hmm. uh so we open it uh with loki running from mobius uh this version of this mobius does not recognize him um he ends now this could have been a short series because he just kind of blindly jumps off this ledge yeah like (laughs) as luck would have it he ends up like uh, landing in the back of this flying vehicle but i mean he took a pretty good chance there There was a pretty good chance he would have just straight up died right exactly right (laughs) (laughs) i mean um (laughs) i guess as much as they play with time and variances maybe he could have died and still we could have had a show but uh but yes i was like boy loki i I mean, I guess in fairness, like he was surrounded by those guys with the time sticks that could have just like killed him there. So I guess that maybe yeah. it maybe was his only chance. But anyway, he lands in the back of this flying vehicle and like that causes that vehicle to crash into a statue of Kang. Um, and we see kind of like the face of Kang crumble a little bit. And then it crashes into uh, the T- uh, TVA office building. Um, so he gets out. And then that truck like falls down and you hear like the driver scream. And I wrote that driver is almost certainly dead. Yeah, for sure. Right. <laughs> and he even makes like a little joke there where he's like, ah, she's fine. I'm or something like that. <laughs> um, man, I got to say this show after the last like couple Marvel shows they've had, like, you know, Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She-Hulk, um, Secret uh, Invasion, uh, the 
we weren't hot on any of those. And this right. this show just from episode one is like a breath of fresh air. Like, yeah, I really yeah. enjoyed this, and I'm I'm just happy to ha- finally have another Marvel show that I'm I can get excited about. You know, yeah. Um, I, just, I hope they keep up this quality with with other shows. Like maybe they can get the the good writers back. I'm not sure. <laughs> but, God, um, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, so Casey, the janitor, who was also you know played a bit part in the first season. Um, is in this room he crashes into, and he also doesn't recognize him. Uh, and so that version of Casey goes to like you know turn him in, but then uh, uh, Loki ends up disappearing and reappearing uh, in that same place, but in, in a different uh, timeline uh, where Ka- this uh, Casey does recognize him. Um, so when Loki, when that truck crashed into the building, it left a crack on the floor. And Loki sees that same crack in the floor. So he realizes that he's just been transported a little bit into the future. Um, so he asks Casey where Mobius is. Um, and I think K- Casey like goes to answer him, but like Mobius or, or, or Loki just like disappears again. And this is going to be something that happens a lot during this episode. He keeps like glitching in and out of like timelines. Right. Um, so Mobius and B-15, uh, are discussing about telling the people the truth um, about what was uncovered last season, about how the time gods were total, you know, fakes, and that uh, when they prune the variant timeline, like they are like killing like billions of people each time they do that, basically. And yeah. also, like I didn't remember this from season one, but completely. But as they get into it, like I guess all the hunters, like they were like taken from different variant timelines. So they had lives of their own, but then they were like taken and now they like serve the TVA and Mm -hmm. they weren't aware of that because like their memories were erased. Um, So Casey tells Mobius that he just saw Loki uh, and Mobius is like, um, tries to find him using miss minutes, uh, but he's interrupted by a a hunter, uh, Hunter X five specifically. Who tells him uh, that when Renslayer went missing, and I remember from last season, like Renslayer was Mobius's boss, and we found out that she was kind of in league, I think, with Kang or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, according to these recordings, I guess you're going down the recordings now. Um, that is coming up. So I don't remember exactly what was revealed about her during season one, other than like she was kind of a bad guy. In season one, it almost seemed like she wasn't sure of what her role was in that whole thing. Like she, she didn't. It seemed like she didn't know about Kang uh, till the very end when she gets that dossier about you know the information from Kang uh, with regards to whatever he wants her to know, and uh, then she says that she's going to go search for uh, free will, and I assume that is Kang. But um, it did seem like she was in the dark for most of the season with regards to what the TVA was. Okay, so that's interesting. Yeah, that's another reason I wish I would have rewatched season one, but uh, there's just not enough time in the day sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, Hunter X Five tells him that when Renslayer went missing, uh, there because she went missing, there's a new judges council. So General Docs and Judge Gamble want to uh, see him and B fifteen in the war room, and B fifteen is like that African American um, TVA mm-hmm. agent. She was also played a role in the first season. And, and yeah. she's on Mobius's side. Yeah. Um, so as as soon as they leave that room, Loki reappears and um, Casey tells them like, oh, Mobius just went to the war room. 
So as Mobius walks to the war room, we see in the background like Loki like briefly glitches in and out again, uh, and the lights uh, start blinking. Mm-hmm. Um, as they almost enter the war room, another hunter exits the exits the war room. He apologizes to Mobius for trying to prune him uh, during the end of season one. And Mobius basically just says, oh, that's okay. You were just following orders. And uh, Renslayer was really, you know, the one to blame. Yeah. Um, So Loki appears again and outside the war room and he goes in. But what we find out is he um, uh, time jumped again. And so he goes into a war room that's empty but a war room that I think is like a little bit into the future, I want to say. Um, I think so. And he sees on the wall, there's like this, um, I don't know if you call it a statue or a series of like, it's like a series of like bronze looking like faces, like uh, um, of a bunch of like Kang variants. You know, that might be the past, right? Because that gets covered up later on. Yeah, you might be right. That Maybe that's the past. I think you're right. Yeah, that must be the past, uh, given what happens later on. I think you're right. Um, so in Mobius's uh, war room, the judge asks he and B-15 to explain themselves. Um, and then it, it kind of goes back and forth here. So back to Loki's war room, uh, he plays a tape left by Kang. In the tape, Kang is thanking someone for being on his team. So Loki rewinds the tape, and we find out that Kang was talking to Renslayer. And so that's my thing is like... I don't know when exactly that conversation took place and yeah. like when she ended up being on his side, whether that would have been some point, you know, before season one, during season one, after, I don't really uh, know when that took yeah, place. Yeah, because that contradicts like how she behaved during season one. She seemed like she didn't know about the timekeepers being fake and stuff. She, she maybe it was an act. Maybe it was all an act. I'm not sure. Or maybe, maybe King wiped her memory like he wiped other people's memories. That could it's hard be to too, say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so B15 tells the judge how everyone, uh, how they are all variants themselves and how they all had lives on the timeline. You know, basically what they were talking about uh, before and that how like, um, oh, so first Mobius says, you know, look, yeah, all these new timelines are forming, but the sky isn't falling. Uh, nothing catastrophic has happened yet. And uh, the X5 guy points out uh, that there was a robot head on the table. Now, is that like one of the robot heads of the fake time gods? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the general, she does want to prune the timelines, uh, but B-15 argues, you know, that they would be destroying lives, like killing billions and billions of people if they do that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, they were all lied to and everything. Um, so B-15 does convince the judge uh, to order a, a stop to the pruning. And then as soon as she does that, Loki appears in this war room. Um, so this still uh, causes a commotion. Um uh, where like X five comes up and he kind of you know threatens Loki with his time stick. Um, yeah, he's Loki super had... aggressive for no reason, man. <laughs> yeah, that guy he just he just seems like like a real dick, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> they really set him up as just kind of an a hole. Uh, but Loki ends up stealing that time stick and he goes over and he hits the wall, which reveals all those heads of Kang. So I think you're right. So those must he must have been in the past, and those were eventually mm-hmm. like you know paved over. And now yeah. he's revealing it. And and so he tells them that he, this guy, he's who stole your lives uh, from you and that he'll be coming back. Hmm. Um, he tells them that Sylvie killed him 
you know, he who remains. And uh, I think the general asks, where is Sylvie? And he's like, I don't know. Um, the general tells, uh, okay, so this, this I thought was a little weird. So Loki and Mobius, they leave the room. But then the female general, she like like puts her head up against like X5s like and tells him that, you know, the time gods were fake, but their warnings are real and they need to find out what happened at the end of time. But like the way she like like touched him, I'm like, are they like mother and son? You know, I don't think they right. are. But yeah. it's like it, it seemed different from just like a general soldier relationship. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, it's very uh, intimate in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, I was like, do these guys got something going on? What's going on here? <laughs> but also, like Loki just told her what happened at the end of time. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a little weird too. Like, like, yeah, it was fast, but he just kind of did tell you, you know, yeah. what happened. Um, but she tells X Five to find Sylvie, and that she's the reason they're in this mess. Um, so Loki tells Mobius what happened with Sylvie and Kang and everything at the end of season one. Um, and he says that pruning the timeline, um, was basically a plan by he who remains to make sure to keep, basically keep the other Kang variants from forming, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't remember that detail, but that is kind of like a cool, you know, detail that he, he basically set up the whole facade of the time gods so that he would be like the only Kang and that like they wouldn't be overrun with Kangs, which is what's happening now. Mm -hmm. Um, He tells Mobius that his memory has probably been wiped like many times over the years. Um, Loki tells Mobius uh, that he just came from a past version of the TVA, uh, which Mobius says is impossible. He then glitches out again in front of Mobius. And like, they even have like this conversation where like, um, you know, Mobius is, or Loki's like, you know, how did that look? And, and Mobius is like, oh, you know, not that bad or what, you know, they go for a little bit of humor here. Yeah. And Loki says, yeah, it doesn't feel that bad or it's fine. Um, uh, so Mobius is like, well, we got to like, you know, have you checked out um, and see what's wrong with you. And he goes to check Miss Minutes uh, for a way to help Loki. But Loki's like, no, you can't trust her because she was there, you know, at the end of time uh, and, and, Seemingly maybe works for he who remains. Right. Um, so uh, Mobius says he's going to take him to repairs and advancement. Uh, so they go there and we find out it's headed up by a short round <laughs> from Indiana Jones. Um, so his name is Ouroboros, uh, but he says he goes by OB. Um, he says he hasn't seen Mobius for 400 years. Now, I assume this is something they established in season one, but something I totally forgot about. So, like, are they within the like the TVA, like immortal? Do they just live forever and serve the TVA? I think so. That's yeah, the impression I get. Yeah, that's the impression I got too. And like, it sounded like Ob had been around for like ever as well. Like, you know, right? Um, so Loki glitches again, uh, which Ob calls time slipping. He says he can't fix it. And uh, that it's impossible in the TVA. TVA. Um, but Mobius is like, you just saw it happen, you know. Yeah. So, of course, it can't happen. And he's like, yeah, I'm having a problem, like, reconciling. Yeah. Um, so when Loki glitched out, he went back in that same area, but to the past. So Loki meets uh, with Ouroboros in the past, and he gives him the nickname of OB. And he's like, oh, I like that. So even, like, you know... 
the snake eating its own tail, like, and time paradox, like, you know, it, it's happening all over the place during this sequence, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. which I thought this was like, uh, creative. It is one of those things where you can't question it too much. Cause like any time paradox, you go like, how does this happen? Right. Yeah. Um, so now present day OB remembers Loki time slipping in the past, uh, and uh, past OB tells Loki he would need what he calls a temporal aura extractor in order to uh, stop him from time slipping. So he builds it in the past and Loki tells him to keep it uh, until Mobius visits him in the future. Um, so then it goes right back to the future. And, um, you know, Morbius is or Mobius is like, uh, do you have one of those devices? And he's like, no. And he's, then he's like, oh, wait, yeah, I do. And he pulls it out and here it is. Um, so he tells Mobius that he must take this device to the time loom and pull Loki directly out of the time stream. Uh, but he warns Mobius that he has to be quick about doing this. Otherwise, all of his skin will be ripped off and he'll die. Yeah. Um, so past OB tells Loki that he must violently rip himself from every thread of the, of time and space, essentially pruning himself Um to be able to come back to the present and stop time slipping. Um, so now Loki jumps back to the future um, and OB's lamp starts to flicker on and off. And he's like, you know, something's wrong with it. And Mobius tells him like, no, uh, the TVA has been having power surges all day. And so that kind of, OB kind of seems shocked by that news because like he knows it's like, that's something that's out of the order, you know, shouldn't be happening. Um, so OB, uh, they're walking down the hallway now towards the time loom. And OB says the branching timelines are overloading the temporal loom. Um, so they open the door to the uh, where the loom is. Uh, well, actually, to this room that looks out into the time loom. Uh, right. Uh, and he tells Loki they need to prune the extra branches to stop the loom from melting down. Uh, B-15 uh, is there, and she says they can't do that because countless people would die. Uh, so Obi says they need to close the blast doors until he can figure out how to retrofit the loom to handle the extra branches. Um, Obi tells Loki he must cure his time slipping before the blast doors close. I thought this was k- kind of a weird thing. Like we find out in not too long why he does it. Uh, but like there's dust on one of the computers and Mobius writes, you know, skin question mark. Um, which I know he has this thing of like, is he going to lo- die and like lose his skin? But at the same time, I thought it was kind of weird that he would have wrote that, you know, on that computer monitor. I don't. Yeah, it was ca- kind of strange. Yeah. I wasn't sure what his purpose was with that. Maybe it was a message to Loki. I don't know. I mean, at, at first I was like, okay, is this going to be a thing where like something goes wrong and eventually like he comes back to this spot and like, that's a message from his past self and teaches right. him to do something. But you no, know, in a minute, it just, it ends up being something that tells Loki he's in the future. But like, I mean, I don't think Mobius could have possibly planned on that, you know? So right. I guess he was just like messing around and it ended up being a time, a, a storytelling device, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so OB gives Loki um, a timer. Um, and he says, when the timer turns green, Loki must prune himself uh, with his time stick or he will become lost to time and Mobius will lose his skin and die. Uh, so at that moment, a hunter shows up and says that General Dox is putting together a squad 
to go after Sylvie. Um, Loki wants to go and help Sylvie, but Mobius is like, no, you can't go now. Like it's now or never, never, you know, yeah. we, we got to, um, do this. Cause I think like, even before that, like, like there was a, like a small rift in the time loom or whatever. And OB was like, we got like five minutes to do this, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, so he can't go, but B-15 is like, you know, I'll go and see what's up, you know, mm-hmm. in- instead. Um, so Loki, uh, at that moment time slips and unfortunately like his um his time stick drops in you know so he loses it uh, and that's what he would use to prune himself you know um and so yeah loki time slips and because he sees mobius's like you know message in the the dust he puts it together that oh i'm in the future right um so obi puts modius in kind of this bulky radiation suit and he tells him that he's basically got to go outside, uh, plant the device, and then hurry back uh, before the suit degrades and, you know, his skin is exposed and he, he dies. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mobius, he does, he goes out there, he plants the device, and now while he's doing that, Loki is scrambling in the future to find a new time stick because without the time stick, he can't prune himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, you know, there's this ticking clock. Now I will say I do think this this timer is like really convenient, and that um, Ob is kind of like um, I I feel like he's going to play this part of always having like convenient things for them to use. But I mean it's entertaining, so I'm okay with it. I guess right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the timer does turn green before Loki can find a time stick, and at the same time he starts to hear a phone ringing. Um, so OB tells Mobius, uh, that they only have 30 seconds left. Uh, and so OB, uh, hits a button, which starts to slowly close the blast doors. So Mobius, Mobius sees that and tries to make it back. But again, the suit is very bulky. So he's going like slow right. and it kind of looks like he's not going to make it. So that ringing telephone is next to an elevator that Sylvie ends up coming out of. And as basically, as soon as she sees Loki, Loki like starts to disappear and he looks like he's in pain. So like, you know, we're like, OK, is he being lost to time or, you know, whatever. Uh, but as we go back uh, to the present, like like I said, it looks like Mobius is about to get stuck and die. But at that very moment, Loki uh, is gets slingshotted out of the time loom and bumps into Mobius and both of them are knocked inside. Uh, before the blast doors close, so they're safe. Yes, I mean, I got. I I thought he may maybe got pruned or something. Like somebody must have pruned him from behind Loki. Uh, Otherwise, I don't know how that would have worked. Well, I am wondering because I think we're gonna find out too that maybe um, either uh, you know another time version of himself or somebody made that telephone ring so that he would go there. And so right. you might be right. I think we're going to find out something like that. Like he distracted himself to that phone and then, yeah, maybe came up behind him with a time stick. Um, Cause otherwise it seems like he was pruned without a time stick and they've never, you know, set up how that could happen. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think you're right. It's going to be something like, like that. I can see that. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think he pruned himself and then he had, he met up with Sylvie and they did whatever to get out of there. I'm not sure though. Let's see. That actually would make sense. Like we'll see that like as soon as he disappears, 
the Loki that pruned him is going to be like, oh, hi, Sylvie, you know, something like that. And then they'll have a discussion. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. But then, like, I do wonder, like, if it was himself that rang the telephone, is there, like, some weird Back to the Future type rule where he can't see another time version of of himself or something, you know? Um, so now we see that the general and like a bunch, her men and like a lot of men are going through a time door and B-15 is watching them go through kind of puzzled. Uh, cause basically she thinks like they have to be doing more than just going after Sylvie, like with this many men, you know? Right. So there's kind of a mystery going into episode two and that's where the, the episode ends and goes to credit. But AJ, it doesn't quite end because like a lot of Marvel things, there is an after credit stinger. Did you watch that as well? Oh, no, I didn't see that. Oh, okay. So yeah, there is a stinger. Uh, so in the stinger, Sylvie shows up in Broxton, Oklahoma, which oddly enough in the comic books is where like New Asgard is built. And right, yeah. I might be wrong about this, but I believe in the first Thor movie, like, that's where his hammer originally gets, like, thrown and, like, all the rednecks are trying to, like, pick it up and stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think that's where that was. I might be wrong about that. It's been forever since I watched that, but I think right, it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, uh, she goes into a McDonald's, uh, a little product placement by McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And the guy's, like, um, asked her what she wants. And she kind of looks around the McDonald's and she sees all these. She looks longingly at, like, all these, like, couples that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, in love and stuff. And she says um, to the guy, I want to try everything. So mm-hmm. like it, it, it's a little like, I think they're definitely I, I like setting up like, you know, I, what I like about this show is like, they can visit like a lot of different time periods and do a lot of like timey wimey stuff. You know, yeah. what I, um, what I do appreciate about this episode is it's like, you know, it's very, kind of densely constructed with the different time periods, the different variants, you know, that, that whole thing they did with OB in the past and the future. Yeah. And I, I just, I just like to see that much thought put into um, one of these shows, you know, where some of them, the writing seemed really undercooked and at least in this first episode and in season one, you know, this show just seems a lot more, like a lot more thought and care was put into it in the writing. Yeah, I, I feel like every character serves as their purpose. You know, I really, in, I don't think there's any meaningless, pointless characters in this show. I, I feel like I, everybody's really fun to watch. I think this show really shows you that, and I've always thought this um, with with you know movie and TV projects is like the writing really is the most important thing that leads to quality. Yes. There are directors that are better than other directors. Yes. Mm -hmm. There's actors that are better than other actors, but mostly shows, if you look at the directing and the acting for the most part, that, that part of things is competent, right? The things that make these other shows we didn't like, not like is the writing right? more than anything. Right. Yeah. Um, And the pacing, The, the pacing in some of these Marvel shows has been terrible. Right, how many yeah. how many of these Marvel shows have we got to like the second to last episode and it was going nowhere and Super we're like Invasions, it didn't give itself a chance, man. Not with that pacing. And I remember Miss Marvel was really bad about that too. Right. And yeah. then it gets to the last episode and you're like, oh, they did not satisfactorily wrap this up. Yeah, like that was uh, the the ending to that that whole 
conflict was just so blah, you know? Yeah, it's just um, now we'll, we'll, you know, talk up this series a lot and find out that it craps a bit in the end. But but I got to say, no, I'm just uh, just like I said, this first episode really for me was a, a breath of fresh air, especially in the writing department. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, other Marvel shows, please take note, because, you know, writing is king. And, and so. I am glad the writer's strike is over. I'm glad they're getting more benefits because like, man, yeah. the writing writing needs to be appreciated more than it is. It's the heart and soul of this, the shows, man. Like of all this content. You know, I, I, I do feel like just over the years, like, you know, maybe it's casting has gotten better or, or there's just a larger pool of actors. But like, I feel like when we were kids, there was, you know, a lot of shows where like you could say like boy there's some really bad acting going yeah. on here and like of course in modern day you still get yeah. bad acting i just feel like more so when a show or a movie doesn't work for me it's almost always the writing it's for yeah. me anyway it's it's rarely the acting it's rarely the direction it's almost always the writing exactly agree um, yeah i mean uh you can see the difference like wandavision in this show compared to like Secret Invasion and uh, I guess Miss Marvel. Like, there's a huge gulf there. Like, one some some shows make you question what's going on, and like they're so clever that you're like, oh, it could be a million different things going on here, and I'm so curious to find out which one it is. And some shows, it's like they've really backed themselves into a corner. Are they going to be able to do something with this? You know, like you can kind of see it coming. Yeah, or or you don't see it coming, and once you get it, you're you're like, oh, they made the kingpin look like an idiot <laughs> you know <laughs> or or so much less interesting you know or yeah. like that's something you don't want to see coming <laughs> right it's like i didn't see it coming but once i got it it was terrible yeah <laughs> man I, I god that last episode of hawkeye still pisses me off i hated that i hated it i don't really i don't even know if they can heard... redeem that it was so bad yeah are they still making echo because i'm not interested in that at all <laughs> i think they actually i think they did make it i think it's in the can because i remember okay. i don't know if they'll stick to this and since we're doing this show maybe i hope they don't but like at one time they were going to say they were going to release it all at once rather than right. week to week and i want to say originally they said they were going to do it in like november-ish but now mm-hmm. with the strike and everything being moved who knows it's really hard to say i don't think they put a date right. on it or anything but yeah. yeah, that's a show, oh God, that I'm not interested in either. Um, <laughs> no. I mean, I mean, look, fingers crossed, it could always be good. But I just remember seeing that character in um, Hawkeye and being so shocked that they like greenlit her own series. Because right. I'm like, in that show, at least, she didn't come off as interesting in the least. And mm-hmm. I was just like, "Wow, they're making a show with her." Okay, it seems odd. I mean, if they make if they make that show, it has to be surprisingly good writing. You know, like it has to be something that like is above and beyond our expectations by far for us to enjoy it. Because I mean, there's nothing there right now. Yeah, and I mean, you gotta assume, you know, given what happened at the end of Hawkeye, that that show is gonna have Kingpin in it. And you would also yeah. have to su- assume that eventually Kingpin will be involved in the Daredevil show. So, I mean, if, if for nothing else, I want to watch it for that lead in because I, you know, I still am very interested in Daredevil. But yeah, but boy, um, 
but yeah, man, as far as Loki, Loki season one is by, you know, was by far my favorite season of these Marvel shows. And mm-hmm. judging by this episode, I'm, I'm happy that the quality is still there. I'm very happy. Yeah, I'm, I'm very optimistic about this show. I uh, I don't feel like there's been any drop off and uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing this, this season uh, progress. And what I like is I think this show like and I like this is even harder to predict than yeah you know a lot of the other shows like i i really don't have a good guess as to where things are going I, again it's just one episode in but like uh you know my only guesses for so far are that like like we said like we're gonna find out that like he made the telephone ring and like he probably stabbed himself in the back with the time stick or whatever you know right yeah <laughs> other than that though man i don't have any any uh real guesses how many episodes do we have uh this season that's a good question. I don't know if they've announced that yet or not. Okay. I'm, I'm guessing like, you know, most of these have been either six or eight episodes. So I'm, I'm guessing it's something like that. I um, hope it's on the high end. I hope it's yeah, I kind of do too. I kind of do too. Yeah. Um, but um, AJ, what do you think uh, before we wrap things up here? Uh, what would you give this score wise out of 10? Um, I'd give it like a solid eight at least out of 10. Yeah. I'm going high too. I, I didn't bump up against much in this episode. Uh, I think I'm going to go like, I'll go a nine, nine out of 10. I, th- I was happy with this. Nice. I thought it was really yeah. well written. All the acting was good. Um, yeah. And as far as the cast, man, you know, Tom Hiddleston was great. Owen Wilson's great. Um, mm. I, I forget how to pronounce Short Round's name. So my apologies oh, to that Kwan? actor. Yes. yes I think yes. that's his name. Okay. And uh, I thought he was really great too. I thought he was entertaining. Um, yeah, he's fun I, to so, watch. Yeah. I like this cast, and I'm 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 raring to see where it goes. Yeah. Um, all right, AJ. Anything else before we wrap up? Man, that's it. All right, guys. Uh, well, comment down below. Uh, tell us what you uh, thought of Loki. Tell us uh, any predictions you may have for future episodes and where the season will take us. Uh, but yeah, please, if you will, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, uh, leave us thumbs up, positive reviews. Um, also. Um, Subscribe in audio form on your podcast catcher of choice. Uh, follow me on Twitter slash X at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care.